Hi, my name is Ian Murray. I'm the executive chairman of Matador Mining. We have the Cape Ray Gold Project in Newfoundland, in Canada. Hello. Saw Hi. you back in June. Yes. As it's been half a year, almost. almost. Well, God, it feels like two. Um, how are you? So you're over for this one-to-one uh, -one conference. Yes. Uh, what are you hoping to get out of it? Yeah, so it's to meet uh, London investors. Um, obviously, with COVID, we haven't been able, especially from Western Australia, we haven't been able to travel. I fortunately uh, left the state in end of June. I've been in Canada a, a few times, and I'm in the UK hoping to meet uh, investors here face to face. Are they allowing you back in Australia if you wanted to go? N not yet. Hopefully, February next year. So painful. Um, right, okay. In June, we had a good chat. Uh, people can go to, we'll put a link below in the description so they can sort of see what we talked about then. And, we're, and I think we're going to maybe have a slightly more technical talk in the new year with you yes. as well. So today's just a kind of reminder of what you're up to. It's like I say, it's been five or so months. You've raised a bit of money since we last spoke. So why don't you give us an update on what yeah. you've been up to? So we raised 16 million Australian dollars uh, in June. That took our treasury up to $20 million effective end of June. Um, we've been very busy with drilling at the Cape Ray project. It's highly prospective. We own 120 strike kilometers of tenement of the Cape Ray shear zone. Uh, we've had two diamond rigs drilling there. We've also got two power auger rigs and three uh, handheld auger rigs. Mm -hmm. Plus, we've also been doing a lot of uh, soil testing. So we've got a, a numerous targets that we've identified. In the first half of the year, we flew a detailed aeromagnetic survey across the belt. That was analyzed in the second quarter. The targets from that were then tested with the power auger and the handheld auger. And the best targets from that have now been tested with the diamond rig. So we're still drilling. Uh, our, last week I was there. The weather is still moderate as, as far as Canada goes. Relative. There's snow in the morning, but then it melts off. Right. But in the next few weeks, we expect the season will end. Right. And what we're planning at the moment uh, is a winter drill program. And that's subject to the weather. So as in, does it get cold enough and does it freeze up to make it safe for winter program? Then we'll do a small winter program before we come back and kick off uh, the 2022 season. Fantastic. So busy, busy. We see, we've seen some. We've seen a lot of press releases, a lot of news coming out, some some nice big high numbers. But you know, there, there's sample grabs and so forth. So I, I'm just trying to um, get a sense of. Well, help people understand the pace at which this will move because what they everyone bought into was the. Uh, huge, huge PR around Newfoundland and what Newfound Gold were doing and some massive numbers there. Everyone wanted a piece of Newfoundland and you got in there. And I think if, you know, some people say, oh, you're just jumping on the bandwagon, but you're going through a systematic program here. It sounds like, certainly from the press releases. So do you think that people should, people need to understand the pace at which this will move? It's not going to be all headlines. It's going to be a nice systematic program, in which case, what, yeah. what, what is it that they need to be looking at? So the, the first thing I'll point out is that we're not there on the back of newfound gold having their success. We were the, we've been there since 2018. Fantastic. So we've been there well before Newfoundland became popular for exploration. Uh, interestingly, at the moment, there are 75 TSX-listed companies doing something on the island. And we are the only ASX company that's got tenement over there and is doing activities. Of those 75, only four have got mineral resources. And we're one of them. We've got the 837,000 ounces in mineral resource. However, that's only within 15 strike kilometers. So when you say the pace of what we're doing work, 
uh, we've got a combination of brownfields exploration where we're growing the, the current resource big enough so that we can then move into a pre-feasibility study and then into development. So the aim is to take the 837,000 ounces up to around 1.5 million ounces, which we believe that number will give us a 10-year mine life at around 100,000 ounces of gold. So we're probably two-thirds of the way there. We just need to uh, keep the exploration around that, that brownfields area uh, to deliver that. On top of that, given that we've got 120 strike kilometers, I mentioned the aeromagnetic survey. That only covered phase one, which is half of the tenement. We'll fly phase two next year over the most northeastern portion, another 40 strike kilometers, and that'll highlight even more targets for us. So in addition to the brownfields, we've got our greenfields program, which is testing areas that have never, ever been tested before. And no investor wants to invest in a company that will end up as a single asset operation. And that's what our whole strategy is. We believe we've got the starting points to have our first project in the, from the brownfields area. But with the work we're doing in the greenfields area, we aim to have a second project. And in addition to that, this year we pegged uh, another, area, another area away from Cape Ray called Hermitage, where we'll do the first pass testing in 2022. And that could potentially deliver another project area for us. So the whole strategy of the company is doing proper systematic exploration, but leading to projects that we can develop but not just to be a single asset company. We want to be a multi-asset company. Multi-asset, but in the same jurisdiction, right? Same jurisdiction, same commodity, gold. Think, absolutely, but because of the strike length involved here, these assets will be far enough apart. Then these aren't just satellite projects. Yes. In which case, what do you do when you make these multiple discoveries? Because you're still a junior, right? Yes. So you're sub 100 million market cap, right? So you've got to play it a certain way. You've got to play the game a certain way. You've got to finance this and your shareholders want you to be anti-dilutory. So it's a Big package of land. You're staking more as you learn more about how these systems work. What what does the future look like? You talk, you've given us some clues about what you're going to do in 2022, but in terms of the managing the balance sheet, managing the financing, and managing shareholder expectation, how do you go forward? So I think the, the first thing I point out is if you look at the board of directors, so myself and Justin Osborne, both were at Gold Road Resources. We took that company from a 5 million market cap to 1.5 billion or whatever it is today. Mick uh, ran uh, Oceana Gold very successfully, also from a small company. He had a strategy and the company grew and developed along that strategy. And Nikki Adshet-Bell has been involved in a number of companies, more recently Bedell, where she turned that company around. So we've all, we know what it takes to take a junior and then deliver to a strategy to make it bigger for shareholders. Absolutely, but you've also got to time that right. Correct, you've got to time that right and you have to have exploration success. Yeah. So we can't, we don't put, the geology in the ground. We can do our best interpretation and understanding of the structures and the geology and then do that systematic work to test whether there is gold contained in those structures. And that's that's what we're doing. So our strategy is keep testing this belt. Um, the last two raisings that we've done have been the charity flow through raisings. And the biggest issue is dilution for shareholders. Through that, that tax efficient structure, we can raise money at a 40% premium to market that means less shares issued for the same amount of capital raised. So we're very focused on, on uh, pursuing that to minimize dilution for shareholders. The best way, in my experience, to add value to for shareholders is discovering gold through the drill bit. If the market's valuing us at $70 an ounce and we can find gold at $20 an ounce, keep doing it. You're making a $50 margin for your shareholders through exploration. Obviously, once the project gets big enough, you take the $70 an ounce for a resource 
and you take it through to development, and based on our scoping study numbers, our operating costs should be sub 800 US dollars an ounce. So again, based on today's gold price, very good margin for shareholders. So those are the two value uplifts for shareholders. Firstly, through the drill bit, but raising money at the right time, so it's minimized dilution, but then spend that money wisely, so you're getting that uplift in value for shareholders. But again, again I'll come back to the timing comment. Okay, so if, if you do all of the above in a good market, life is easy, right? Easy yes. breezy, money's around, money's cheap. Um, 2021 is not particularly uh, kind to precious metals across the board, right? Sideways yeah. was a good day. Right, you know, no, I think a lot, of, a lot of pressure. So, your expectation for twenty twenty two is going to going to be uh, key, and we'll we'll see what you do there. But do you think you raised the right amount of money at the right time this year? Sixteen million bucks. You, you, you never know. Uh, certainly, we called the market well, and we raised money in that peak that we had in the gold sector uh, in June. Did we raise enough money? Well, we raised enough. Uh, to get us through the 2021 program and the 2022 program. So we could have raised, we could potentially have raised more. Should we have? Well, we've got to prove to shareholders that we're turning this money into successful for them before we raise more money. Yeah. I think the key thing, in, especially in the gold space, given how a lot of investors, retail investors, go to the hot stocks, is to have the, the solid resource, uh, precious metals funds, natural resources funds as shareholders. And we did that in the June raising. We've got Century or CI Financial, as they're called now, and Franklin Templeton on as uh, 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 substantial shareholders. And it's important to have those sort of shareholders on your register because they will support, if the strategy is sound, they will support you and keep funding you as you deliver on that strategy. Yeah, yeah and you, you've got a job to do in terms of me, moving from, from retail, the retail balance through to institutional, uh, just to steady the ship, really. Quite frankly, because like, again, you, you, when you raise money, the market went off, your shares went off. Yes. Um, but it was a case of raise the money to do good work and benefit from it later. And I, I think it's just worth companies saying that sometimes. Like, as you say, you can't always time it perfectly because you don't know what's going to happen. You're not fortune tellers. Um, no, no one is. But there is there is there's an opportunity next year to benefit, to you know regain that their trust and obviously benefit from the spend that you're doing this year you would argue yes no no absolutely and and my view when when the market turns against you from a stock market perspective mm. if you've got the funds and we fortunately we have the funds is head down do the work yeah. deliver what you need to do from a technical perspective so that when the market turns back up you can say to shareholders yes from the last raising through to this raising this is what we spent your money on, and this is what we've delivered for you in terms of new discoveries made, uh, new targets identified. So we always publish the traditional resource pyramid, um, which is, is very good for shareholders to see how we've moved projects up from early stage uh, conceptual targets. We've tested them. They must either move up or you've got to kick them out. Yeah. Don't sit on targets that don't deliver. Yeah. And, and it's, it takes discipline from the geological team to do that. Okay, if you look at those 75 TSX companies operating in the same broad area as, as, as you are, it's quite confusing to shareholders. Like, you must be, I know I am, we've got, I've got four analysts, where you're just like, well, where do I look? What's real? What's not? Who are systematically and fundamentally doing the right things today to ensure that there is some value created down the line? I mean, are they all going to be winners? Is Newfound Loan that good? Yeah, no, very important question, very good question. So yes, as I pointed out, 75 companies doing something, most of them aren't doing much. 
And of those 75, only four have got mineral resources. So again, you, you filter it right down. So, and then of the 75, how many have got active exploration programs, as in multiple rigs, uh, decent number of meters. And again, that filters it right down. So there are a lot of people that have pegged tenement, being opportunistic, and they might go out and do a bit of soil work and play the neurology game, but the market will see through that. That's why our plan is we've been doing summer programs up to now. We're doing our first, hopefully if the weather plays along, our first winter program, and then we'll kick, because we've winterized the camp and we've got uh, a core strong team of geologists on the island, we'll kick off early in April of next year. So our aim is to explore as many months as we can in, in those difficult conditions, which is different to Western Australia. So uh, explore as much as we can and show the market that we're doing the right work so that when the investors look at the 75, there are few that really stand out from the rest. And certainly when you look at what's happening on the island, Marathon Gold, 4.8 million ounces of gold. That's a real project. Yeah. They're busy going through the environmental approval process now, and then they'll get onto construction, and they'll be the next gold producer yeah. of scale on the island. So You've got Maritime Resources. Yeah. That's busy doing their development. It'll be a smaller scale, but they being smart, and they're going to have uh, gold production. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Newfound Gold, which has got... Last count was about 10 rigs. I think they're now going up to 15 rigs, but serious exploration on the island. And then you've got ourselves. And then there are a few others, Labradors. Uh, they're, they're, there's a new uh, group exploring the old Hopebrook mine. Yeah. So there's a lot of activity, which I think is good for the island, but not everybody will have success. And our view is we do all of our exploration on a systematic basis, look for the right structures that should host good gold systems, and then test those structures to make sure that they contain gold before we rush in with the expensive diamond rigs. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got enough money. Yes. You're working through winter. Yes. It's good. You're building up quite a bit of data here. So what are the moments where you start, you make decisions next year? Yeah, so we'll make a decision at the end of this season once our, uh, so let's assume that we get another two weeks of drilling in. Drilling finishes end of November. We'll still have assays coming through yeah. December, January, February three months to get all those final assays in. By then we started the winter program, but we'll look at everything we've done over summer and look at what's worked for us, what hasn't worked for us. And the geologists will have a workshop in probably March where they'll look at the planning for the new season. Uh, also, the way, once we get all the information in from the winter program, which is, that drilling is closer to where the existing camp is from nice. a safety perspective. Okay. We'll take that into account. I would expect that at the end of next year, we management will present to the board what the internal mineral resources are looking like and what the internal mine planning looks like. And we'll make a decision where we proceed into pre-feasibility study or whether we continue to explore. So I think that'll be a key decision from the brownfields exploration perspective. Uh, having said that, I really hope that we have a greenfield surprise. So we identify something well away from where the existing uh, mining project is or the planned mining project is and we then got something which could be a game changer for us. That could be another uh, area for, for development. Right, I think the interesting thing for me is obviously, we talked about it previously and you mentioned it just now, the, the track record of having built a, a meaningfully uh, large company and the lessons from that and the opportunity in front of you where you don't feel you need to rush into farming stuff out or bring strategics in or giving away value because you, do you, well, do you feel that in this market you have access to capital, perhaps others don't, because of the track record and maybe the way you're going through this. Yeah, we often discuss internally about 
the merits of joint ventures. Uh, when we were at the Beaver Creek Conference uh, in mm -hmm. September, we had 10 corporates came and met with us, very interested in the tenement, what we're doing, and, and our approach to the exploration. Um, my personal view is you do a joint venture when you can't fund exploration yourself, or you can't have a big enough team to get yeah. to certain areas. I think at the moment we're building up our team and we do have the support of institutional shareholders and retail investors to continue this good exploration in one of the best jurisdictions to explore at the moment. So keep doing it. However, if we get to the point uh, where we have identified something in one of the further to reach areas that we don't think we can do uh, proper work there, of course, we'll look at a potential joint venture, but yeah. we'll cross that. You're not financially any... constrained, so you don't need to worry about that. And the worst thing with doing, with joint ventures is doing them too early when you don't know what you've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one hurts. Yeah. So if, uh, the example is the joint venture we did with Gold Fields when for the Gruyer project at Gold Road. Mm. We did that once we had finished the bankable feasibility. We knew what the asset was, and then we looked at joint venture partners, and they came in and paid us a very large number for fifty percent of the project. No, and yeah, I remember it. Yeah, Ian. Good to see you. Thank you. We're going to see you in the new year. Yes. We'll have a little yes. technical conversation yes. about how you're going about it up there. But nice story. Appreciate you making some time for us while you're in London. And we'll see you soon. Great. Thank you. Have a good, good week.